My name is Will, and this is Lawson, and we are part of the Hockey Guys um, on TikTok. We met playing college hockey together at the University of Wisconsin-Superior, and during the coronavirus season, we started making videos in our college houses, and all of a sudden, here we are, and we're very thankful to be here tonight with these amazing guests, um, Jess, Alex, and Corey. How about we start off with you guys giving a brief introduction of yourselves? Hey everyone, I am Jess Rossing. I grew up here in the Twin Cities, but I live up in Duluth, went to UMD, um, and I own a fitness studio in Duluth. I'm a former uh, Team USA triathlete and a mom. Hi Jess. <laughs> um, I'm Alex Zahner. I'm from Stillwater, Minnesota, went to the U of M, studied exercise science, and I work as of this week at a company called Women Works in Maplewood where we focus on collaborative care for women. Um, I am eight and a half years sober, a mom of two, and I'm super passionate about exactly what Matt talked about, helping people to feel really empowered in their journeys and recognize all that they are capable of while they have this one special life on earth. So I'm excited to be here. Look at you. Is this thing on? Um, my name is Corey Camp. I am a connector, creator, and a communicator. Um, I intentionally use those words because you'll see. I, I don't like labels. Um, Matt and I actually wrote a book together on that. Shout out, Matt. Um, I run a company called Forever Athlete, and I just more recently co-founded another company called Seek, which is going to be an app hopefully coming here soon. Uh, more to that to come, but excited to be here. Amazing testing. So you guys all have a fitness and health core to your background. How did you create identity for yourself in like the fitness and health world? You can go ahead, Corey. Um, so like Alex, actually, I studied exercise science as well, had a minor in strength conditioning and coaching science. And when I graduated, I was like, I'm done swimming. I'm done with health and fitness. I don't want anything to do with this. And after about a year of fighting against that, I found myself just absolutely miserable with what I was doing and was like, well, whatever, I'll just go back and coach swimming. And then over time, swimming coaching became fitness coaching. A uh, position opened up for me where I became an assistant fitness director at a country club um, at a pretty young age. And then at that point, I was like, oh, I guess this this fitness thing isn't something I should be running away from. I have a gift for coaching. I have a gift for communicating with people and connecting with them. And I want to help them out with their journey. Let's lean into this. And here we are a few years later. So I am like the least athlete, I guess you could say, between these two. I did not play beyond high school. Um, but I was really passionate about sports and exercise science, which is why I studied it. And when I first got out of college, I worked in orthopedics and quickly realized I actually want to help empower people in their fitness journeys and help them to really realize how strong they are. And so ever since then, for about a decade, I've been working in fitness and it's just led me to help people feel the way that I felt when I played sports, when I started lifting. And it's kind of where I'm at right now is just helping people to discover their strengths. Um, I also got into it. I studied exercise science um, and I needed a work study job and I didn't like what was offered on campus and so the director at our um, fitness center said well like you could become a personal trainer a group fitness instructor and use that as your group study or your work study so 
Um, I got certified, started teaching group fitness, personal training, and then that really just like, it, it did, it lit a fire. And it, for me, when I was studying exercise science, I feel like the, the route was you're gonna go into physical therapy or occupational therapy. And I wasn't sure if that really was the route that I wanted to go and being exposed to group fitness was like, yes, this is, this is really fun where I can apply my knowledge of the body. And it's just so much more empowering and so much more energetic. So what was something um, that made you realize the transition was, were your jobs boring? Was it not doing it for you? Was it not doing it for other people? And how did you find that moment? What really clicked that you needed to change and wanted to switch into something more empowering? Anyone could take this one. Um, for me, as soon as I started, like it was devastating to tell an athlete that they tore their ACL and they were going to be out for a season. And that was when I realized like, I want to be on the other side to help people stay strong and help them feel really encouraged, but also supported in that journey. But I think is important is like, I loved what I was doing in orthopedics, but I knew that I wanted to do something different. And like Jess said, like, as soon as I got into group fitness myself and found a place that I loved, I wanted to be able to be that person that lit somebody else up, encouraged them, and got them to where they wanted to be in life. I mean, for me, my first job out of school uh, was in a call center. There was like 500-person company. We were working 70-hour weeks, suit and tie in D.C., uh, middle of summer. Yeah, it was brutal. And... I like bought into it at first because of the honestly the money and I was like this is the highest you give a college a kid fresh out of college 60k base salary I was like sold I'm into this let's ride um, and then after a few months it was just like what am I doing here I don't feel I'm not seeing the reward from all these hours I'm not feeling fulfilled I was really seeking to be part of a team again feel actually connected my coworkers, I didn't feel like I could relate to them. It was basically just we work long hours, we go out and black out on the weekends together, and that was it. Um, it wasn't actual genuine connection. So after some time and some thought, I was like, I don't know what I want to do, but I don't want to do this. And I just walked in one day and I said, hey, I quit. This is my two weeks. They say, cool. Did you clear out your desk? I was like, no. <laughs> they were like, all right, well, we'll have someone go do that for you. We're going to escort you out because we don't want, it's bad for morale if people see you leave. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and I knew right then and there I made the right choice to get out of it. Uh, I just started to follow my intuition more from there. Jess, we'll go to you for this one. What does it take to find that true self-awareness? Because in our day-to-day -day lives, I feel like a lot of us continue to do things possibly that we may not be aware are either possibly harming our health to an extent and as time goes on little things build up as we all know um, so what does it take to really give a deep dive and find that self-awareness and take action to change it I really liked this question um, I often go back to my experience of athletics for me that awareness really comes into that that deep inner of like okay what's happening to my body as I do this thing as it gets really uncomfortable and I get really unsure like can I keep doing this um, for me taking that feeling I can definitely apply it to like other parts in life of how do 
I keep moving forward. And these little actions can make a big catalyst effect. Um, so I keep, I always go back to that. Yeah. Um, I know, Alex, you talked about how your goal setting, right? That's something that you, uh, I read your one of your bios before this, actually, and you said you can pretty much accomplish any goals that you set your mind to. So I feel like that's such a big thing with setting goals is that a lot of time it's hard to actually get there. So can you take me through just what is your goal setting process and how can we set goals and actually hit them? So I will say it took a long time to get to that point. But for me, almost rather than goals, it's thinking about like, what do I want to like leave behind? Like when I get to the end of my life, I want to be able to look back and be like, I lived a life that I am really proud of. I tried things out of my comfort zone. I challenged myself. And so when I think about goals or the things that I want to achieve, it's more so about like, how do I want to feel in this life? Like when I get to the end of the year, and I look back on what I did, I want to be able to say that I like showed up in a way that like maybe challenged me, maybe had some fear. So when I'm thinking about like, so for the year ahead, I like to do a word, so like my words expand. So I think about like how if this opportunity came to be, like I could have said no or I could say yes. And the goal there was like for me to expand, for me to grow, for me to get out of my comfort zone a little bit more. So I think when you're thinking about goals, it's almost like, what do you want to feel and what do you want to accomplish in this lifetime versus like necessarily a specific checklist is something that's worked well for me so that when things arise or when I'm trying to make a decision, it's like, well, is that going to get me closer to that feeling of expanding and growing and moving beyond my comfort zone to see what I'm really capable of? All this feedback of we want to make a change and start to do something and then all of a sudden, yeah, you look up six months later, like, did you really make that change? And I know a lot of the time for me, it's sometimes no. So if there's any advice on doing that and actually getting to the point to take action on those on those podcasts we listen to and the books that we read to yeah, start. I don't know if there's a hurdle that you think is start there for us. With what? With the checking in or the getting to to take action towards that. I mean, I think it, it can start today. It can start at any moment. Um, we obviously just came off of a new year, a new start. Our brains as humans love what's called a temporal start. So we love this feeling of a fresh page, so to speak. That's why the new year is so exciting. Jan 1, you're like, hell yeah, let's go do this thing. Um, but that's also why diet starts Monday. It's also why it's like so much easier for us to wrap our head around an arbitrary start date or a birthday, whatever it may be. So with that in mind, leveraging that into your favor of like, hey, I'm going to start that today and then use that added momentum and, and motivation that you'll get from that to be intentional. So one of the things that I do personally and then the people I work with is I always have them Sunday nights plan out the week ahead so that they have capitalizing on this fresh feeling of, okay, it's Monday, I'm excited, I'm motivated, but they actually know what they're motivated for. They have a clear list of three to five things that they're accomplishing this week and they're knocking that out and then continue to just build these systems where you're constantly checking in with yourself hiring whether it be coaches professionals or even just talking with your buddies and be like hey this is what i want to do this week can you help just check in and hold me accountable i think that's hugely over uh overlooked in a lot of people i know that's one big thing for me is like 
who are the people that I can count on to hold me accountable? And even like saying, okay, I need you to help me with this. That's really helped me is like be specific of like, hey, I need help with this. Can you check in with me? Um, and tapping into community. Community has been such a big thing to help me keep going forward. I love that. And I think, I think we all have definitely fumbled a few times um, with whatever we're doing and new transitions in life. What is a point where you realized you fumbled and maybe you fumbled too hard and something really needed to switch before you got and you created your personal systems to keep moving forward and it reaching those goals? What was that one real bad moment when you're like, wow, it's time to change everything? Like personally or business-wise? Both, really. Uh, well, uh, I said I'm eight and a half years sober, so um, I reached a point where I fumbled more than once. I had a lot of fun in my drinking days, a lot of fun, um, but it got to the point where it just like wasn't fun for me anymore, and I had to like get a little bit real with myself of like, okay, I can keep going down this path, or I can get honest with myself and realize like. I actually want something more for me. So I got sober at 24 and it was one of the hardest decisions that I've ever made because you're just out of that post-college phase. You're going to the bars with your friends. Here I am thinking like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that I need to put a system in a place where I'm showing up for me so I can create the life that I want to live. And drinking just wasn't a part of it anymore. Um, and I did a lot of different things. I did AA, I did outpatient, like that was what I needed was that accountability piece. And at the time I was like, I'm gonna miss out on hanging out with people my age. I am was single, I'm like, how am I ever gonna meet someone? Everyone kept asking me like, you're gonna drink at your wedding, right? And I'm like, oh my God, I have to, I have to drink at my wedding, right? And I did meet somebody, he met me single. I didn't have to drink at my wedding because the time I got there, the systems that I had in place helped me to realize like, actually, this is the life that you're meant to live. And even though at the time I was so afraid and I felt like I'm going to literally miss out on everything, it was just the opposite. I was finally present for everything. I was finally like actually engaged in my friendships. I was dependable. And it was because I was willing to get real with myself about what it was that I wanted in life and start to do different things for myself, whether it's sobriety or whether it's a business or whether it's your fitness goals, you kind of have to get real with yourself and look at yourself in the mirror and be like, is this the person that I want to be? And if it's like, no, then you got to make a shift and be willing to put whatever you need to do to get you on the path that you want to be on. Was it hard um, when people kind of assume if you are, not drinking at an event that, oh, she must have a problem. Yeah. How difficult was that? And how were there, did you have to cut out people in your life to get where you want to be? I got really lucky, I would say, where I had a very awesome support system, friends, family, that from day one were supporting me all the way. But it was really challenging because when I got sober, nobody was talking about it on social media. Like, you all probably have heard of Dry January. That was not something that people were talking about on social media when I got sober. There was really not a lot of conversation around it. 
So at first I was like so nervous to tell people like I don't drink that I just said I'm not drinking tonight. And then I got three months in and I was like, wait, this feels fucking amazing. Like I'm going to keep going on this path. And I was like, I don't drink. And once I could like own that. So if there's something that you're doing in your life that you're nervous about telling people, it's like, who cares? This is your life. Just own it. Tell people. And once I was like, I don't drink, I was like, I'm a badass. Like, I don't drink. And I felt really fucking empowered on that journey. And I think it's like once you can own whatever it is that you're doing, maybe you're nervous to tell your friend that you started a TikTok or maybe you're nervous to tell your friend you started a business. But once you shift into just owning it, it feels so much better and you feel really empowered about what you're capable to do in life. Mm. Like you said, too. Sometimes, like whether it's starting a TikTok page, anything like that, I feel like we tend to make those decisions when we hit this rock bottom point. And sometimes we regret that being too late. Do you think that, like, do you have advice on people that know they should make the change? You're kind of waiting to hit that rock bottom point, but really they should probably move forward. How can we move forward a little bit quicker so we don't hit rock bottom in every aspect of our life before we? yeah, become sober, hit a, make a TikTok page, whatever it may be in that new adventure. Um, anyone can share on that. I feel like don't be afraid to ask for help. I mean, that's so much easier said than done. I know for me, like I have support systems, but I think I know I could have been so much better at just asking for help. Like, why do I have to like put on this tough shell? Like, I got it. I um, always blame of like, I love the Little Mermaid growing up. And Sebastian says like, if you want something done, you've got to do it yourself, right? I think I embodied that as like a five-year-old. And so I don't, I got to do it myself. But no, we can't do things alone. We absolutely cannot do them alone. And we need communities. So do not hesitate to ask for help. Um, whatever that may look like. Mm -hmm. Corey, did that have a big impact? Yeah, I mean, I'm big on proactive mental health as a part of my platform and something I speak on a lot. And I think it's important to note, whether it be therapy or just check-ins with friends and support system, whatever that is, it's not reserved for the rock bottom moments. And in fact, it's having these level of conversations and actually like stopping your people in their busy lives and being like, dude, how are you? Like truly like, I give a shit about you. How are you? Like, let's stop and make that time to actually drop in together and whatever comes up. And if you can do that with more frequency, odds are you're going to get ahead of the quote unquote, the problem and you're going to catch it and nip it in the bud before it gets to that point of no return. Because let's be honest, when you're in that point, when you're at that rock bottom, you're not met with any rationality. How many people in here like when you're upset, like truly upset, really angry or depressed or whatever it may be, you're not, you're not fun. You're not able to articulate logic. Like when you're, when someone is like, you're, you're pissed off at your partner or whatever. And they're like, Hey, just like calm down, babe. Like, it's okay. It's never met well. And it's because we have what's known as this emotional refractory period in our brains. Just like if you were to go to the gym and max out a lift and you go to try to lift that weight again too soon, your body just can't do it. Our brain is the same way when it comes to our emotions. So if we can get to having these conversations before it gets to that emotional refractory period, you're going to be much more receptive to help and support, and it won't be as hard of a, and heavy of a lift otherwise. I think just one thing really quick, also noting like, 
yes, rock bottom. A lot of people talk about that, especially in recovery, but thinking about it as like this pivot point, like you get to decide when you want to make a change in your life and you can pivot at any point. So if you ever talk to someone about like when they finally decided to start their business or when they decided to start their fitness journey or sobriety journey, like everybody's like reason to pivot was very different and so you can call it a rock bottom or you can start to like see it as this opportunity to pivot when you've had enough and you want to finally make a change I think sometimes the rock bottom is like you said we wait until we get to the lowest of lows and then it's almost harder to dig ourselves up but if we can have more conversations like this it empowers people to make a change sooner than getting all the way down to that bottom point Sometimes I remind myself, like, why, when I'm starting to feel those things, like, why am I fighting this friction? Like, I don't want to be in friction, so how can I start to pivot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There's got to be something something that feels off or wrong, which is why we shouldn't even look to make those decisions to do uh, something different. So when we, I guess, end up in that state of we feel like we're in rock bottom and need to pivot, uh, how do we pivot? How do we take on that new thing? Uh, I know community obviously will help a lot, but Jess, do you have any advice for actually making the pivot and doing that thing to get us out? Um, I like to have my toolbox. Sometimes I call it as like a fanny pack. Whether like for me, journaling is a big thing. Um, a couple years ago, I was exposed to actually maybe like eight years ago, so a while ago, of like the practice of learning what your core values are. And I always come back to those and I refresh them. I have some that are always the same, like connection and adventure are like two in nature. Those three are my like always constant core values. And if I'm starting to feel friction in any way, then for me, journaling is like the best way to just start to write out like, where am I having friction? How does that align with my core values? And if it's not, how can I start to create more of an alignment with that? For me, that personally helps. Or it's going for a run or a walk and just like, sometimes I feel like I've solved all the world's problems in a really hard run. <laughs> uh, so for me, that's those are my two biggest tools, but having what those things that you can dive into. How do you keep journaling or finding what makes you feel good? How do you make those things sustainable? Because when people are making a change in their life, sometimes they look at something, they do it, they do it for a week or two, and then all of a sudden it kind of fizzles out. How do you keep that change and changes in your life sustainable and making you wake up and excited to do it again the next day? I try to remember of how I felt after doing the thing. Like if I can come back and just remember that I felt really good doing said thing to keep me aligned, um, but also like keeping it simple. For me, that helps. Like I can easily like go all in on something, but the older that I get, it's more of, you know, I just want to keep this simple. Life ebbs and flows as a new parent to an almost two-year-old now. Like, honestly, if I can find any moment to do something, like I journaled one page. It doesn't have to be like I've written my whole story here, but if I can just like jot down a few ideas, like even the simplest, littlest thing can have a huge impact and doing it when I can is good and not stressing about like uh, I'm not doing it every day kind of thing. 
I'll say for me, it, it comes in seasons and like constantly checking in to meet myself where I'm at. There's been seasons in my life where maybe people in here have been there where they're just like reading all the self-help and personal development books that they can. It's just, I'm reading this book and then I'm listening to this one on Audible and then I'm listening to these podcasts in between and you're just cramming all the information and there's going to be time and place kind of like preseason, right? As you guys are gearing up for the main uh, event in sport, it's like you can do a little bit more of that harder lifting then and get stronger, but then knowing like they're going to go into seasons where you're in season and you won't have as much time. You go into parenthood. I can't imagine, you know, um, I'll have to be picking your guy's brain in a few years down the road for that one. But your time becomes more limited. So shifting your expectations to continue to meet yourself where you're at. Otherwise, you're just you're setting yourself up for that disappointment of if your goal was and metric of success was I journal my whole entire life story every time I journal then at some point you're going to not, you're not going to have the time to do that anymore. So be flexible, adjust our bodies, change our mind, change life goes through these cyclical seasons and just play where your feet are at. And that's the best we can do. You mentioned listening to podcasts and reading. Um, there's so much information out there and sometimes almost too much where it gets overwhelming. What would you say to someone who is looking at, books or people to listen to who figured it out possibly but where do you go what do you turn to not saying necessarily plug who you listen to or read but how do you find what is what is going to work for you and kind of narrow things down so you're not swimming in a world of 45 different opinions still figuring it out <laughs> uh honestly i look to other people that inspire me and see what they're listening to if they share something or i'll go and just literally google review like okay what are people thinking and what are people liking these days podcasts i'll throw it on and i can pretty quickly tell like mm, this is gonna be an episode that jives with me or it doesn't but something that Corey talked about and i thought you were going to talk about it earlier was um we like consume, 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 but we don't give ourselves the space to apply. And you did like a reel uh, with a book and you like threw it into the trash. And I was like, what is he doing? I, and then I like listened to it. And I was like, that's so true. Like I love to consume. I love to listen to podcasts, read on, not read, listen on audible. I'm, I'm an ear person. Like I can't read. I would love to be a reader, but I, through the headphones and I had to get really honest with myself like I'm consuming all these things I'm learning a ton but I'm not actually giving myself the space even to apply so I think if you're someone like looking to take in knowledge make sure that you're also giving yourself time to apply what you're learning versus just consume 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 you're gonna get six months in and you're gonna be like god I've listened to so many books on audible but nothing's changed and it's like well did you start to implement any of the things that you've learned or listened to so that didn't really answer the question, but a little bit. I think that's what works for me. Like I can get a little bit into a book and then I'm distracted. I can like listen to one podcast and then I'm on to the next thing. Um, so it always just comes to, again, connecting and community. Um, I'll use this analogy just came to my mind. Like I'm the friend. If you're explaining a game to me, I, ugh, I don't want to listen to like how we play. Can we just start playing? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll kind of like dive into that like as I figure it out like, like let's just try all the things and let's just go and try to figure it out and learn learn it together for me that sometimes works really well 
Yeah, I love that you brought up that reel. That one's one of my favorites to make. I I throw my own book into the trash can, and I say self help is bullshit because it's set up in a lot of ways to just keep you getting confused with doing the work and just being around the work. And it can be very easy to just continually be in the work, whether it be reading, podcasts, whatever it may be. What I often tell people is like before you open up that new book or hit uh, buy on that new book that you just saw your favorite TikToker recommend that you should go check out. It's going to absolutely change your life in 2023. Sit your and ask yourself, what is the intention behind this? Do I have the space to consume another book and actually implement what I'm going to learn from this or even another podcast? I was having a conversation with someone the other day and she was like, I, have, I just have this huge FOMO that uh, if I miss one day of podcasts, I miss like five episodes from all my favorite creators. I'm behind and I could miss the one that changes my life. I was like, well, have you listened to a couple that have changed your life recently? She's like, yeah. I go, okay, have you implemented what you, you learned, those breakthrough moments in that? She's like, no. And I was like, okay, let's, let's backtrack. You're still on level three. Like, let's master level three. And then we can, the ones that really catch your eye, save for later, we'll come back to them when we intentionally have the space to consume more. Instead of always adding more and more onto our plate, we don't have a, in, there's, in today's day and age, there is an abundance of information. We don't have a lack of knowledge problem to change our lives and solve the problems and puzzles that we face. We have an implementation problem. So getting clear on how we can implement and actually execute will do you way more than consuming more. Yeah, that's exactly what at least I am find myself missing out on is the taking action side of this consuming of knowledge and I think you yeah, nailed that spot on is that's what we have to give ourselves the space to really do that. And I'd be interested to hear from all of you on this one is what is your why and what motivates you three to do continue to do what you're doing, especially you all have busy lives and you do a lot. Um, how do you like wake up every day just ready to keep on doing it? I go like, I just want to experience all that life has to offer. That's like my big why. I'm definitely a big picture. And so I come back to that of like, there's just so much that I want to experience. And, but this is what I love to do. And if I'm doing this, then it's going to open up these doors and I'm going to, cool things are going to continue to happen. So I'm going to just keep putting myself out there because I want to experience as much as this life can give me. Have you found a lot of doors open that way for you? Totally. Um, like, for instance, triathlon. I had a friend. She was dating a guy that was into triathlon. She's like, we could um, coach because she was exercise science with me. Um, we could coach the tri team. We get to do it for free. And I was like, sure, why not? Let's do it. And um, there's a big triathlon just outside Duluth that everybody went to. Um, I had like a 1980 road bike. I don't have a white suit, but I went to cheer everybody on and my, the head coach said, oh, just do it. So why not? Yeah, let's do it. Um, and I did really well. And then I started doing more races. And then somebody said you could try to get to nationals. Um, and so just like kept saying yes and more doors opened. Um, I feel like that's what led me. I was able to go to Cuba to race when things opened up for a hot second down there. Um, I was, I feel like that's how I got connected with Lululemon, Allbirds, and just a lot of... Uh, 
a lot of really cool people that are doing really awesome things and that's been even more motivating too is to be surrounded by people that are doing pretty cool things yeah it's just taking on every opportunity that can possibly come your way yeah i mean i will use some discretion of like i don't have the capacity for those things but i try my best to like this definitely feels good yeah let's go i can go uh i would say my why just like in life in general is kind of like i've alluded to earlier but i want to be able to look back at the end of my life and be like yeah i lived a life that fulfilled me got me out of my comfort zone I was adventurous and I'm like really proud of the life that I built but my why within like the things that I do so I coach people in sobriety I just led a retreat to Joshua Tree and my why within like the sober world and I guess it could be for everything I could say this is my life why too but it's to help other people show them what they are capable of because that's what sobriety showed me was I didn't think I would ever be doing a live podcast or leading retreats in Joshua Tree. Like that was never anything on my radar. And then sobriety got me to that point. It started to really show me like you can do a lot more than you even recognize. And I want to show other people like you are wildly capable to do the things that you want to do in life and to help them like believe in themselves is like literally what lights me up. It's why I coach fitness. It's why I connect with people in sobriety it's why I started a business for moms like that's literally my why is sobriety showed me that and if I can show other people that I'll be able to look back on my life and be like yeah I fucking lived the life that I wanted to live yeah I think I'll make one thing clear I don't wake up every single day like <laughs> alarm clock goes off 4 30 I'm ready to rock it uh this I'm tapped in my why now but I I wanted to to lead with that because a lot of my why now is I just want to authentically share my experience in a way that inspires other to create their own. I'll, I'll talk about I'm sober myself too, two years plus, and it's a part of me, but it's not, I'm not going on there and saying, this is how you have to live your life. I do and create content and, and lead through, this is my experience this is what I've been through. Take what you want from it. Like maybe you can learn a thing or two. Awesome. Maybe it inspires you to go try something new. Fantastic. Go create a new experience. Um, but it, to be true to that, yeah, I don't wake up every single day ready to go. Um, I sleep in sometimes now, which is great because after 18 years as a swimmer, waking up at 4 a.m., I deserve to sleep in a little bit. <laughs> what you all alluded to helping others in some way, how do you get others to maybe follow along with what you do or help lead them why why would they listen to you and why should they listen to you what works um kind of like what you were Corey was just talking about is like just by living my life I think it helped I'm like to think I'm a vulnerable and authentic person and pretty real about when I'm feeling challenged in life or when things are going well and I'm kind of an open book on my podcast I share a lot about my personal journeys and just by me showing up and like sharing about where I've been what I've navigated I think it shows other people like hey I'm kind of interested in what she's doing or maybe I want to see what she's up to or what she's like and I don't by any means know it all at all but I think like Jess has been saying having like real and raw connection with somebody is like 
the best gift of all. And when you can just show somebody, it's like you're giving them a walking permission slip. Like you saying yes to this tonight, there might be someone else that is like, gosh, I've been given this opportunity and I wanted to say no, but I heard her take that opportunity. So it's like just by living your life, you show other people like they can do those things too. And that's kind of why I think like just showing up and doing what you do as yourself is really important. You know, it's really funny when I first started to step in like mindset coaching, life coaching space at 24, 25, I got that a lot because people were like, dude, you're 25. Like, what do you have to tell me on life? And I was like, yeah, that's a fairly good point. So that's why I never came from that place of preaching, but rather an invitation and come along. And I think what I found to work and have a lot of success with is just asking really powerful questions asking people questions that they have never been asked before or never taken the time to actually sit and think through and let them come up with their own solutions. Let them lead themselves. I'm just a container to help them go to the places that they haven't gone before. How much of those things do you think has to do with having to kind of walk the walk first before you tell people they should listen to? Do you think that has a big impact to the fact that you've done a lot of these things and showed them um, that experience? A hundred percent. I think we, we're always skeptical. Just it's, we as humans can really uh, sniff out inauthenticity. And if someone's not genuine and they're coming about it from the wrong ways, we can smell that from a mile, mile away. Um, so by walking the walk every single day and leading through that, I think, you are able to build that trust. You're able to build a relationship with your audience, your people that you're um, connecting with on a daily basis. And they see that and they're like, oh, it's not just another person that's just sliding into my DMs to coach me, but it's like he actually is going through a lot of the same stuff that I'm going through. And most of my clients that I work with now starts with just a conversation about something that I put out there that really resonated with them. And then six months down the road, and trust me, that's a really bad business model, I know, but uh, I, it feels right to me, and we're just going with that. Well, I think, too, like, I don't want to be like, this is what you need to do to live a life that feels good. It's more about this approach of just guiding people and, like, letting them come to this recognition, like, by working through their limiting beliefs, starting to set boundaries, and, like, giving them like guidance but like they're the ones putting that into place I'm not doing it for them and it from them being like willing to like try they start to uncover what they're capable of so it's like we're leading them to it we're not telling them you do x y and z and you're gonna feel fucking good it's like here's the guide like here's me here to support you and be in someone to encourage and empower you but like it's about helping them just to see like oh I can do this and it's like dismantling any beliefs that they have about themselves or anything that's holding them back but it's guiding them there versus being like this is what you do and it'll all be good and dandy yeah you have to tell people that this is how I did it and this is why it works for me and then you have a way more of a convincing stance because you truly have done it yourself and then you can truly tell somebody I feel great I did this let me help you and they will way sooner want to dive into that with you then I think that vulnerability um, helps breaks down like a ton of barriers and there creates like a deeper connection with that 
um, and there creates that space where then they feel more comfortable growing and following and asking questions and learning from what you may have to share. So we all have dealt with self-doubt in our lives and maybe never thought that we were good enough or a lot of people like to compare themselves to others now, especially nowadays with everything out there. What were some limited limiting beliefs that you all dealt with making your transition to where you are now? Um, my first one, when I opened my studio, I was running a studio for years. Um, and I always had the limiting belief that like, I don't, I don't have investors. I don't have a lot of money in the bank to do this and just switching like, just you don't need a lot of money to just start. You know, I saved up like a thousand dollars, bought a few dumbbells, found a 400 square foot space that I could rent and start um, doing some classes. And so that simple is just switch. No, yes, I can. It doesn't have to be this. It can be this and starting to apply that in different scenarios when those beliefs start to come up that aren't necessarily true. I think for me, it was just working through that perfection piece, like coming off of a successful career in swimming. I was like, well, whatever I do next, it has to be at a very high level right away and taking a step back and kind of checking my ego and say, you know, I can, as a beginner once, I actually sucked at swimming when I first started. I uh, literally almost drowned when I got into it. So to go from that to pretty good, I knew I was going to need to take some lumps and just releasing from the need of perfection. Like when I used to create content, I would write out on a whiteboard everything that I was going to say on the video. And then I put the, the camera on the tripod and then you could, you could scroll back on my page. It's still there years ago, but I would read and you could see my eyes going back and forth because I was so worried about saying the wrong thing. And I was like, wow, I was really good at writing it. And then I learned like, oh, B-roll with a voiceover is way more a strength for me. Like, let me try that style of content. So letting go of the need of perfection and just starting, getting those reps in. Maybe you don't tell the people close to you that you're doing whatever it may be, but get those reps in. Give yourself grace in that process and know that you can grow with time. And over time, it will get more polished and perfect. I think, too, with limiting beliefs, it's remembering that it's a belief. It's not a fact is really important like there's nothing proving this it's just a belief that you have in your head um has been really helpful for me a big limiting belief that I had was starting a podcast our friend Nikki I had the idea I went to a Lulu goal setting event and I was like I want to start a community I'm going to start a podcast and that was January 2019 and I didn't launch my podcast till December 2020. And I re-recorded my first episode probably eight times. So much so by the end, I absolutely hated it. But I was like, if I don't put this out now, I'm never going to do it. And so like one, I learned just go with the first one. It sounded the most authentic. It sounded so scripted by the end of it. I was like, we just got to do it. But what I've learned like in those moments, like I had this limiting belief about the podcast, but once I did it, it was like the most fulfilling thing ever. Everything that I've ever had a limiting belief around of like, who am I to do that? Once I've done it, I'm like lit up more than any other thing. So it's like this constant reminder of like, okay, 
if you think you can't do that, those are the things that you are supposed to do because they're most likely going to be the most fulfilling and the most exciting. It doesn't mean there won't be fear. Fear doesn't mean like bad. Fear is a good thing. We have to learn to move through the fear, embrace the fear, live with the fear and like keep going and doing it anyways. And that's what limiting beliefs are about. Like they're going to challenge you, but like do them anyways. And I guarantee you anything that you do that you had a limiting belief around, you're going to come out on the other side and you'll be like, I did it. And it feels good. And you're going to want to do it again. There's still going to be fear. Fear's always there, but we got to learn to work with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've 100% been that at that wall of just re- refilming something over and over again, just waiting for it to be perfect. And, and it never is. And a lot of the time, the ones that aren't perfect are the ones that perform better if you're talking about a piece of content. Because it's authentic. You wanna, you're not going to be perfect in saying everything exactly right on your first podcast episode and people want to go back to that to hear how you started because that's the relatable thing for sure um so Corey, i have a question for you i just wanted to ask you about uh first of all the superpower uh finding your superpower and what what does that even mean first of all great question um i think we all we all have them in 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 us what i oftentimes challenge people to do is like look at over your lifetime what were you inherently good at up until this point that came pretty naturally to you and then peel back those layers as to like why it was that way so for example I I thrived in swimming and one of the things that I learned the more I kind of dissected that was I'm a naturally more introverted person I enjoy moments of extroversion where I can get social interaction, be around with people. I was like, oh, swim practice was perfect for me. 90% of practice, my head is underwater staring at a black line. And then 10%, I can talk with my friends and shoot the shit in between hard workouts. This is great. How can I start to set my life up now that honors that? So if someone's looking for their superpower, really looking at, oh, what inherently came really natural to you? over your childhood, your upbringing, even like right now, you can also tap into what do you speak on and speak about and you find a natural change in your tone of voice and your energy. And it maybe even when you talk about it, like in the triathlete space, I'm sure you're like, oh yeah, like a Olympic distance triathlon, that's no biggie. But to some other people, they're like, oh, that's, uh, um, I'm not doing that, it's insane. It's, it's those types of things where it's like, oh, in my head, my perception is warped. That seems really easy to me, to the average person, not so much. That would be a superpower, mm-hmm. I would say. And then when we find that, what, what do you do to take advantage of that? Like what process? Because you go through that with people, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's looking at how can you set up your life in a way that allows you to play to your strengths. I always like to say everyone loves a home game. We love to play in familiar settings. So how can you create your current environment to be as familiar as possible that really allows you to leverage your strengths? Um, I said it earlier that I just co-founded another company and it's a tech company. It's a app that we're working on that will help connect people through genuine experience or unique experiences building genuine connections. I know nothing about tech in that side of building an app or anything. And when we first set out this business plan, they had asked me to be the chief product officer. And I said, yeah, sure. I, I can do that. And within 
three weeks after giving it a go, I was like, hey, I'm going to be honest. Uh, this isn't the best use of my skill set and my strengths. I'm taking way too long to create wireframes and building out what the app screens we want it to look like and product specs. This is all another language to me. Let me like, can, is there someone else on the team that can take this off? Maybe I'll come back to it with more time, but to meet the expectations of the deadlines that we want to hit, I need to be playing to my strengths in doing more PR, doing more content, doing more host relations and, and getting this app off the ground in that realm. So having candid conversations with the people that you're working with on a day-to-day -day basis and just being honest and saying, hey, look, this is what I'm really good at. This is what you're really good at. Can we restructure the way that we do things on a day-to-day -day basis that allows us to both thrive? Because often we all have the same goal. Alex and I want the same thing. We're shooting for the same, same end destination it would serve us both well if her and I sat on the couch together and said, hey, we want to go there. How are we going to get there, Alex? Let's let's play to our strengths and go from there. Jess, be curious, what advice do you have? Uh, biggest piece of advice for any entrepreneurs, anyone that's in that mindset, you've obviously have a lot of experience with it. So be curious, what can you share on that? Um. Gosh, like, where do I start with that? Yeah, I have a lot of, I've done a lot of businesses. Um, and I think the biggest thing is to just get specific when it comes to whether starting a business, like, okay, is this something that I actually want to do? I still get tons of ideas like, oh, I could do that. That'd be really fun. But actually, no, I can't do it all. So I'm going to get specific. Like, this is what I want to do. Um, and if you have the availability, like I'm now finally, I've worn all the hats for my businesses for the whole time. <laughs> but now like, how can I set up my team? Because I am big picture, I am not good at all the detail stuff, but I have to force myself to do it and I'm not great at it. So if you have that avail availability to get that team going right away. <laughs> Um, that would be my biggest advice. Get specific of what you want to do and get your team. I mean, I have worked at companies with under an entrepreneur that started the business and I was the team. And I think like if you're someone running a business, it's actually funny. I just started this new job this week and I'm coming in. And so like the founder, she, she's a total visionary, like what you're talking about. And I'm like, I'm task oriented. I have a lot of ideas about how we can like lay into things. And I think like what Jess said, it's getting really clear about like what your vision is for whatever your company is. What are your goals? And then if you have a team being really clear about what they're contributing to achieve those goals, because everyone's probably excited. It's a new venture maybe, or maybe you've been doing it for a few years, but if there isn't alignment around like the bigger vision and the bigger goals, everyone's going to feel like they're rowing the boat. And it goes back to what Corey's saying, but nobody's actually moving forward. It's like you're stuck and you're on like sand and nowhere, nobody's going anywhere. So you need to get really clear on the goals and really delegate. Like this is what you're doing. This is how you're contributing to this mission and this goal, because Working in a business where there isn't clear direction, it can feel like you're working and that's how I feel like burnout happens because you're going, 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 but you're not actually accomplishing the things that you're looking to achieve. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say on that front, um, 
to kind of echo what they're saying, I, I usually look at a four-step process. So first and foremost, like what's not important, what's not urgent, that needs to be eliminated right away. Um, even if you're wearing all of the hats, there's going to be things that you're going to think are more important. So sitting down with those core values and looking at all the tasks that you think you have to do on a day-to-day basis and be like, based on these core values and what the vision is and the mission, does this align? If the answer is a hard no, it's got to go. It's got to get eliminated. Then the delegating where you can, it doesn't have to cost you an arm and a leg. It can be something as simple. Like one of the things I do a lot with people is help them find a meal service that helps them just eliminate thinking about what they're going to eat for lunch during the middle of the day. I was like, that saves, how many of us here go through our day and you you pick your head up, you're like, shit, it's two o'clock, I haven't eaten, or three o'clock or four o'clock, whatever it may be. Um, and we're in the health and fitness space. We know how important fueling is. Um, so delegating out there, getting creative there, and then looking at what do you need to prioritize? And then what do you need to plan? What needs to go ahead and be built in so that you make sure you execute on it, but it's not as urgent as the stuff that you're prioritizing. That's super interesting because a lot of us are always go, go, go. And we, we don't like to slow down in the world today. That's for sure. But I know we've been chatting for about an hour now already kind of flew by, but are there any last words of advice or wisdom for anyone here who came here to learn something and give them something to go home and really think about tonight before we wrap it up? I have one thing and I meant to talk about it earlier when you were talking, but it's really easy to get caught and Matt kind of talked about it when he was starting, but like get caught in the shoulds of life. Like I should work in this corporate job. I should get married and have kids, but it's like if you let the shoulds take over and they will, like you'll have a lot of people that will like tell you what you should be doing. You do not want to should your life away. Like this is your life. So get clear on what it is that you want. Do you want to be in that corporate setting? Is that your superpower or is your superpower meant to be tapped in elsewhere? But like really getting clear of like, is this what someone else wants for me or is this what I want for me is like the biggest piece of advice because you don't want to like look back 10 years down and be like, oh my God, I just wasted 10 years at this corporate job that I absolutely hated. But it was because I felt like I should be climbing the corporate ladder. I think that's like a big thing that I constantly struggle with. Every one of my friends is all about climbing that corporate ladder and I work in fitness and I, we, you know, people talk salaries and you're like, maybe I should go to corporate. I'm like, no, my superpower is not in corporate. That's for sure. I don't want to should my life away because I'm hearing what other people are doing and it's getting really honest with yourself about what you want, but recognizing like, is this somebody else's voice making that decision for me? Or is that actually what I want for myself? I'm going to say, say yes dive into the opportunity, take the chance. Uh, if you fumble, all good. Pick yourself up, have some friends that can pick you up, um, and try the next thing. If it doesn't work, keep going. You've got this. Yeah, I'll just add on to the the identity piece because I think that's a, a huge element of tonight and the theme of this podcast is what you do for a living doesn't define you. It's just an expression of who you are. And when you look at the evolution of identity we go through this as humans latching onto certain things in developmental years primarily like middle school high school early 20s we're trying to find that thing 
because we want to have an identity so that when we meet people new for the first time, we can say, oh, I'm a banker, I'm in fitness or whatever it may be so that they can understand us as quickly as possible. Fight that urge to just get convey who you are as quickly as possible. Explore that. Be curious with it. Play with it and know that it can show up in these different ways. You can be a creator and a business person and work corporate and do fitness on the side and it's okay to create just to create. You don't have to share your every hobby with the world. Like you can have stuff for yourself in today's day and age as well. That's super important. Well, thank you all three of you. It's been awesome. This was super fun. I'm pretty sure we could talk probably for hours on hours, but everybody, thank you so much for listening. It was a blast. Thank you. Thank you guys.